It's an issue we have, isn't it? It is. It is. <laughs> Hello? Is there somebody there? It's the Deliver Us Some Evil podcast, motherfucker. <laughs> no, 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 no. <laughs> I think you left your car running, Mel. <laughs> <laughs> I think we heard her through the uh, the intro, the outro, and the mid-tro. <laughs> it's just everywhere. It's just yes. cat her. She had cookies, so she's very happy. Yes, and she knows what we're about to talk about, which the subject matter will make her very happy because she hates <laughs> monkeys. Hello, welcome to Deliver Us Some Evil. I am Mr. McPlaney McGee, Complaining McGee, Elijah motherfucking Nguyen. Today I am joined by the lovely, voluptuous Mel November. Mel, why do you say hi? Hi there. Don't you love it when, like, every episode I try to give myself a new nickname, but then I <laughs> fuck it up? But hey, I stayed strong. I pulled through, and guess what? Elijah, who always fucks up his own naming convention. <laughs> yes. Guess what, Mel? I, I pulled through. I stuck with it. I didn't say fuck it. We're not going to change it. This is the this is, this is the it. episode. This is it. We are professionals. We are. <laughs> <laughs> Speaking of professionals and cat quality audio mics, <laughs> this is going to be a special episode, Mel. And when I say special episode, I don't mean it's a Christmas special or a Halloween special. You mean short bus special. Or it's not even a short bus special. It's going to be a special episode because I believe this is our first official official classified serial killer is it not is it because we've covered killers we've covered you know rapists and all that shit but i don't think we've ever covered anyone who was actually classified as a serial killer yet yeah i don't think we have and i decided that you know what let's go for broke and let's do two <laughs> why not so the, so we're covering today the case of paul bernardo and carla homolka A.K.A. the Scarborough Rapist, the Witch of Ontario, and the Schoolgirl Killers. And before this podcast, I had never heard of either one of them. Yes. Well, they're Canadian, so a lot of people probably haven't heard of them. <laughs> but um, it was interesting because I've, I've known about these two for a while. But I, I didn't really have like a vested interest in making them a case like as early into our podcast as we are. Yeah. I, I was trying to get like other people like uh like the, the Taco Bell Strangler, uh John, John Doe Duffelbag. Duffelbag. Yeah. Because they're they're more recent in their American cases that like like Taco Bell Strangler isn't as well covered as some of like the other cases from the nineties and stuff. Yeah. For American serial killers. But John Doe Duffelbag was like twenty twelve, I, I think. It was like right around there. It was in New York. It's a it local fairly case. Recent, fairly yeah. recent. But then it was during the Luca Magnata case that I came across Carla Homolka's name and her connection to Luca Magnata. Well, that's right. He was trying. He was on social media yeah, saying, that, saying he that, that he was dating, dating her or something. And that was a big deal. And I and I think I under I, like understated in that episode how big of a deal it was for him to connect his name to Carla Homolka because you'll find Carla Homolka her face is almost as well known as the. Uh, the Canadian, the, Prime the, the, the Canadian Prime Minister <laughs> of the times, which I forgot yeah. who was, you know, the Canadian Prime Minister in the nineties. But yeah, she was a big deal. Everybody wanted to fuck her. She was semi decent looking. Yeah. Um and you know, it was a huge case. So I'm like, you know what, let's cover it. It's gonna be interesting. It's gonna be dark, just some dark subject matter. I got a lot of information. I'm thinking at least a three three part episode series. It's gonna be great. Yeah. 
uh, and you're gonna hate every moment of it. I know. know because I know your your whole weird thing is like I can listen to a guy dig up a woman, put her in his red flyer wagon, and bring him bring her home and live with her for ten years. I'm okay with that. Children being murdered, I'm okay with that. When it comes to men <laughs> no, being, being eaten and raped and eaten by cannibals, I'm okay with that. But when it comes to women being beaten and raped by a, a couple, it's like, no, I, I can't necessarily deal with that. Hey, I've had you. trouble with a lot of stuff that we've covered. Like what? <laughs> like what? <laughs> like the uh, evergreen attachment attachment oh, cult therapy that, cult That's shit. light stuff, man. Come on. You're, you're barely even in it. You're like dipping your pinky toe into stuff. Man, just going through those uh, those videos that we have. And, yeah, it was pretty rough that stuff. Was, that's rough. We will be finishing that series. There is a part two. We are working on it. We will get it to you. It's just, man, I'm just trying to find the motivation to get back into that. That's some, <laughs> yeah, that's some heavy stuff. It is. Um, but yeah, today we're covering Paul Bernardo, Bernardo and Carla Homolka. Uh, I think we can just get right into it. Right? We don't it. really need a much more further intro. So for those of you who don't know, just a brief overview of the case. They are a married couple who I think they killed like four or five schoolgirls, schoolgirl aged teenage girls. And it's like Ontario or whatever in the, mm. in the province they lived in over the course of a couple of years. Like, I, I think their marriage is only like three years and long, like three years old before they like got arrested. But uh, yeah, it was, it, was, it, was, it was a big deal because like it wasn't necessarily just about their crimes. This story is about what happened to them and between them and to society and, and the stuff. court cases during and the stuff. court. Yeah, during the trials, because the trials were a huge deal. And we'll, we'll cover that. But essentially, I feel like justice wasn't served really? by the end of the trials. And we'll get into it when we get to that point. But yeah, I felt I, I, I was left very unsatisfied with the outcome of this trial. Yeah. And I felt cheated. <laughs> I felt cheated, motherfucker. And right no one likes to, to feel Minister. cheated. Yeah, I, I will. <laughs> Although the current prime minister is Trudeau and he's a socialist. So he might actually be sub in support of, of the outcome of this case. <laughs> um, but yeah, let's just get into who Carla and Paul Bernardo are or were. So in the early days, so like like you know, I don't know how to structure my story. I'm going to start with the early days of Carla Homolka and get into her childhood a little bit. Okay. So Carla Homolka, also known as Carla Leanne Teal, which I believe Teal was an alias that Paul Bernardo got from one of his favorite movies about some crazy shit. I'll I'll, I'll get the backstory on that for the next episode, but it's a pretty big you know like movie that he got. Yeah. The last name of a character was named Teal or whatever, so they got that. But she was also known as Leanne Bordelais. Um, I think that was a married name after she, you know, the whole thing. Um, but she was born on May 4th, 1970 in Port Credit, Ontario, yeah, uh, So Canada. she's just a few years older than me. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Just a few years older than you. And uh, Carla was the eldest daughter of Carol and Dorothy uh, Homolka's three daughters. Now, it's K-A-R-E-L. I don't know if that... Carol? Is it Carol or Carell or whatever? Probably Carol. Yeah. That seems like a weird male name, doesn't it? <laughs> Uh, but I got that from the papers. I, yeah. I, I like most of the information from on this case and from most of my cases. I got this directly from the papers. Okay. So, yeah, I don't know, fucking up. But that's how they spelled it. So that's how I wrote it down. It's it's kind of weird, but I'll, I'll keep it thrown. She's the, she's the oldest of three daughters. Her sisters were Lori, who was born in 1971, and Tammy Homolka, who was born in 1975 but died in 1990. Oh. Uh, and essentially the family for their entirety lived in St. Catharines, Ontario. 
which again is like a, I don't know if it's like a town or like a province of Ontario, but Canada is fucking weird with its structure. <laughs> uh, Carla Homolka began working a part-time job at a pet shop while attending Sir Winston Churchill Secondary School, which uh, is that like their equivalent of like high school? I actually don't know. I th- want to say it's high school for them. Yeah. Uh, after graduation in 1988, she was hired by Thorold Veterinary Clinic to work as an assistant. Uh, later, she would take a similar job at the Martindale Animal Clinic, from which she stole drugs that were used in her crimes. Oh, shit. Yeah. Yeah, you Car- can get some heavy-duty stuff there. Yeah, you can. Car- and you'll find out how heavy-duty <laughs> that stuff is. So Carla Homolka was 17 years old when she met 23-year-old Paul Bernardo at a Scarborough restaurant on October 17, 1987, while they both were attending a convention in Toronto. Hmm. So that's kind of... She's where, essentially still in high yeah. school. Yeah, so she's still in high school. That's where they met. Uh, this leads me to believe that the age of consent, at least in, in like the 90s, was like 14, 15-ish in Canada. Maybe it's like a province. Maybe it's just Ontario. But it seems like it's a bit of the Wild West still there, <laughs> right? Uh, I don't know how I feel about it. How, how do you feel about that? Just, yeah. I mean, to me, it, it kind of proves that the age of consent thing is just arbitrary well i mean the only logical number to choose is 25 but that's because we're not fully developed mentally developed until we're you know 25 (laughs) yeah so it's like any number below that to me is just you know like arbitrary now i'm not saying i'm into you know banging 13 year olds i'm just saying that it's an arbitrary number yeah it's a social convention you gotta you have to pick a number you have to pick a number and someone's like you know what 18 is just old enough to get fucked for whatever reason. Yeah. Uh, Paul proposed to her by December 24th, 1990. Okay, so that was only that was so that a few was, years after they met. Yeah, it was three years after they met, just about. Yeah. That's when the, they decided to get married. And that's pretty much all I got on her early life. Again, that's all the newspapers were saying. I'm sure if I decided to pick up a book on like one of the many books written about her and him that i'd have a lot more information like oh she was being this or raped but i don't have any of that from the papers so i'm not really going to you know make any speculations but i will say that a lot of what this case is will eventually turn into it's just pure speculation yeah (laughs) pure speculation and happenstance and people coming up with assumptions based on her being a woman oh okay i get it which it's very uh like it's not in your face them saying oh it's because she's a woman yeah but you can tell that she's gonna read between the lines Yeah, eventually read between the lines and you'll see that there's a lot of preferential treatment going on with this case okay which to me is why i'm like really interested in it yeah because it's something that like honestly it kind of explains the way the government work or way governments work where it's like they make a mistake. They know they make a mistake, but they decide to ignore the mistake and continue forward, knowing yeah. that that mistake existed. Because eventually, people will just forget about the mistake and not give a shit that about it. That sounds very much having worked for a government contractor. <laughs> yes, that sounds very much like how government employees yes, think. Yes, that that right. <laughs> it's not my problem at four o'clock. <laughs> exactly. Uh, so that, that's all we got on her, and uh, this brings us into Paul Bernardo who I think is has a much more interesting backstory than she does. She's kind of got like that milk toast Canadian backstory. Eh? Yeah. He's got something that you would expect to have like a serial oh, killer to have. Right, yeah. 
the serial killer in training. Yes, which again is a preferential treatment because the newspapers got more about his backstory than hers or not. Yeah. In which way does that go for the benefit? Yeah. Yeah. Um, but Paul Bernardo's mother, Marilyn, see, so not only did I get the backstory for Paul Bernardo, I got the backstory for his parents. Yeah. <laughs> it goes pretty deep. It's a pretty big deep dive. So Paul Bernardo's mother, Marilyn, was adopted by the well-to-do Toronto lawyer, Gerald Eastman, and his wife, Elizabeth. Hmm. Marilyn was raised in a happy, genteel household. Okay. They were very specific on the genteel part. <laughs> uh, Marilyn ended up marrying a man bougie. named... Bougie. Yeah, very bougie. <laughs> Marilyn ended up marrying a man named Kenneth Bernardo, who was the son of an Italian immigrant and an English woman. Like, I needed to know that his mother was English. <laughs> With the last name Bernardo, I was just going to assume they're Italians. And just keep it at that. Yeah. Uh, Kenneth's father made a very successful life for himself in the marble and tile business, but was abusive towards his wife and children. Oh, wow. I see. So it seems like uh, Granddaddy had, had some issues, didn't he? Yeah. And then Kenneth did not go into the family business, but became an accountant instead. And Kenneth and Marilyn married in 1960 after her father did not approve of Marilyn's first suitor, who did not have the education that he demanded of his son-in-law. Damn. Damn, right? That that You, you ever have that issue with, with your daddy? You ever say, no, don't marry that guy. He's not smart enough. He's not educated enough. Or do your parents just not give a fuck? <laughs> they were just like, the first schmuck that wants you, go get the fuck out of here. <laughs> they were not very communicative. In general. Uh, in general. <laughs> yeah. So you never bothered to bring, like, boys home to meet the parents, meet the folks? I brought two. Yeah. yeah how'd that go? <laughs> Did it go as well as what? this one? <laughs> well, my mother's cooking made one of them sick, but otherwise they uh, weren't particularly interested in what I was doing. <laughs> I, I feel like that's, like, a staple of your life. No one really gives a shit what you're doing. Yes, that was, the, that was pretty much how I grew up. Hands across America. <laughs> Shut it, up. <laughs> Hey, hey, whoever, any long-time <laughs> listeners of our show, of our, like, 20 episodes, are going to get that reference, okay? And the rest of you, fuck you, listen to our other shit, you'll find it out. Oh, God. <laughs> Read between the lines. <laughs> um, yeah, so, Kenny's, uh, Kenneth's dad was a bit of an asshole, Kenneth was a bit of an asshole, they're all a bit of assholes. So, uh, so eventually, Kenneth and Marilyn settled into a nice middle-class neighborhood in Scarborough. Hmm. To onlookers, the marriage was a storybook on the inside, and it was just, no. Yeah. So, now I said, they're like, oh, a storybook. The inside, it's a rotten fucking apple. <laughs> it sucks. You know, it's like, you know, you pick the apple off the tree. It's firm. It's firm like a prostitute's ass. You can bounce a quarter off it, and it's just, mm, right. Looks delicious. It's shiny. It's waxy. It's red. It's bright. You bite into it, and there's, like, worms, and it's just rotten, and it's just disgusting. And that was their marriage. <laughs> Might have actually involved some prostitutes at some point. <laughs> um, yeah, so they settled in the nice neighborhood, and everyone was happy for them. It was, you know, shitty on the inside, beautiful golden polish on the outside. Because uh, Kenneth liked to beat his wife, and things did not change after the birth of his son and daughter. Aye, aye, aye. Yeah, so he seemed to follow in his father's footsteps in beating his family. Yeah, as so often happens. Yeah. Mm-hmm. But you, usually that's, like, the poor Irish families that have, like, the the, the the generations of, like, father abuse. 
Hey, man. This this ends up being a, a rich Canadian family doing it. <laughs> Honestly, I was like, I was, I was expecting more of like the incest thing more than like the beating thing. Because mm-hmm. you know, like rich families, they like to keep you know the bloodline pure so they can keep their money. Yeah. So his uh. You know, so they thought that after giving birth to a son and a daughter, things would get better. But yeah. nah, it never does. And adding kids to the mix rarely makes things better, by the that way. That is true. That's very uh, true. Marilyn, who was tired of being beaten by her husband, sought refu- refuge in the arms of another familiar man. Uh-oh. Her previous suitor. Uh-oh. The motherfucker came back, Mel. <laughs> and she had an affair with him. And that fa- affair birthed a baby boy. And that's... Uh, surprisingly, though, Kenneth was very open-minded about this indiscretion. Oh, uh-huh, okay. And in August of 1964, the baby's birth certificate gave the name Paul Bernardo. Interesting. Oh, okay. Interesting, yeah. Uh Kenneth had difficulties that became a familiar- familiarity... Uh, in Paul's life later on, Kenneth oh, liked okay. to fondle young girls, and he even went to court for it. Oh my God! The dude's father oh, was yeah. a fucking pedophile. Well, I guess you could say stepfather. Yeah, ste- yeah. He liked to fondle the young girls shit. in the neighborhood, and he actually went to court. Yeah, for he it? went to court for it. But the whole young girls thing—that they weren't specific on the age, so it could be anywhere from like eight to like sixteen. Not yeah. saying it's any better, but saying that. Pedophile is very specific to people who are into prepubescent children. Yeah. I forgot the other term. This is technically what okay. we classify as pedophile as three different names. Yeah. It's uh, You've the, the prepubescent it. adolescence, the postpubescent adolescence, and then there's the one it's like the unobscure one. I think it's like adults that present as postpubescent adolescents or something like that. It's something yeah. weird. But uh or or no, maybe it's like the uh, infants, people into infants. Anyway, it's really fucking weird and disgusting. But technically it, it implies that he's a pedophile, but not that he's into post people. Yeah, so children. we don't know how old Yeah, the girls so we don't were. know the age range of the girls, but either way it's pretty fucked. Yeah. And it really sets the stage for every – the whole thing sets the stage for Paul Bernardo. Yeah, it really does. It really it? does. Um so Kenneth started to hang around the neighborhood at night, walking around, being a bit of a creep. Yeah. Uh, his favorite pastime when he wasn't touching was looking. He was really oh, into looking. Man. So uh, Kenneth Bernardo loved looking into the windows of young women and little girls as oh they changed. Oh, my God. <laughs> Are you... Wait, oh, was man. your bedroom on the first floor or second floor? Mine was on the second floor. Aren't you glad your bedroom was on the second floor? <laughs> <laughs> I'm sure glad mine was. What was the thing I don't get about like movies and TV shows where like, oh, we're going to show this woman like seductively taking off her clothes in front of a window with the curtain open. What kind of mother oh. raised those women? Oh, look, let, me, let me put it this Curtains, way. Curtains closed, blinds down. That Come was on. a common thing. Like, I wouldn't, I wasn't even being a creep, but like, I'd like, like go on a night jog or just ride my bike at night or like, you know, play like, like catch the killer or uh, was it a... Uh, manhunt manhunt at night with the guys in the neighborhood and if you were just I don't know like lucky enough you would catch a glimpse of women in our neighborhood just lights on window open titties out holy shit I think it just comes down to the women's expectation of men averting their eyes. That wasn't the expectation of my generation. No, but my generation's fucking weird. They say, you know, men aren't allowed to look at women and women are allowed to walk around with their tits out pretty much wearing micro bikinis going on a jog because it's for them and they're independent and it's not (laughs) for the male gaze. And if you look, you're a scumbag. 
So I don't know. I don't fucking get it. <laughs> you know, it, just, it, it doesn't make any more sense to me than it does to you. But it's it's not as uncommon as you might think. Now it's uncommon for you to like walk up to the first floor window of some girl's bedroom and look in while she's changing. <laughs> yeah, that's, that's fucking weird. That's, that's crazy. But I don't know. For some reason, there's a whole thing where women just like to change in front of an open window. And I just don't I'm get that at all. I'm not complaining, but I'm not <laughs> the one here to trying to justify it either. You know. And you're not going walking around the neighborhood like you know with binoculars in windows no i don't like have that. no look at binoculars <laughs> taking notes and comparing okay yeah probably would be more dangerous that was for the you man in my neighborhood who was comparing all the different like housewives who was uh there's a guy in my neighborhood growing up um i'm not gonna say his name because you know fuck yeah. that guy he, he's pretty cool but he had his wife found a note like a piece of paper in his garage that had all the different like like housewives and like women in the neighborhood listed out and in the order of which he would fuck them and it was funny because it's like my my adoptive mom was like 10th on the list <laughs> and i was like that's what you fucking get bitch uh, even he doesn't really want to fuck you as much as the other women oh fuck my you. god that is so creepy but yeah 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 so i mean hey guys do some weird shit but yeah i'm pretty sure he wasn't creeping in on like the three girls that lived in the neighborhood yeah uh, uh, but this guy Kenneth, was. Yeah, Kenneth Bernardo was definitely creeping in. Ooh. You know, he, he was that song. I'm a creep. Yeah, he was definitely a creep. Window. What the hell am I doing here? <laughs> Kenneth Bernardo knew what he was doing there. <laughs> he didn't have to question that. He had yeah. a goal in mind, and it's probably in his hand. <laughs> yes. Uh, yeah. So he didn't like to touch. He liked to look and watch the girls as they changed. But his favorite of all things to do was sexually abuse his young daughter. Aww. He was a bit into the rapey rape, and as far as I know, that started at about six. Oh my goodness. Uh, yeah. And there was a quote. I'm not gonna. T- should, should I go into the quote? There's a quote in the newspaper. Someone said that he was waiting. He waited until she was old enough to learn how to enjoy it. And wow, that doesn't that's set, disgusting. If, but again, I that, that's hearsay. I don't know yeah. if that's a quote directly from him. It was just something in the newspaper that somebody said about him. That was there to sell newspapers. Yeah. I will say if that doesn't set the tone yeah. for the rest of this case, then I don't know what will. Yeah. I almost didn't share it because, again, it's hearsay. I don't want to spread gossip and, you know, Hey, it was in the shit. newspaper, though. But it was. It was in, the, it was in an Ontario newspaper, so you guys can go fuck yeah. yourselves. <laughs> it's on record. Uh Everyone but Paul knew of Kenneth's nocturnal behavior, though. So, so everyone, Kenneth yeah, didn't. Yeah, yeah. everyone oh, but Paul knew. Of, everyone of, but Paul, yeah. Paul didn't know. Oh, Paul God. didn't know. Everyone in the family knew, and a lot of people in the neighborhood knew. They I'm just kind of like that they would stay near. Yeah, he was and, uh, the guy that creeped at windows, and they just kind of you know did their own thing. You know, they didn't really like stop Kenneth all that hard no, like, fucking sounds like family that guy the guy in there that was like yeah, a serial yeah. killer no 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 it sounds like uh was it hester the molester the uh, the old guy from family guy who's always trying to oh fuck, that's right like, no Chris. i'm thinking of f is, f is for family yeah you think of f is for the, family the with, yeah yeah the the guy next door uh i forgot Bruce. his name but like didn't, wasn't there an episode where he like wiped his dog's ass with like a like a napkin and was like licking it or something yeah, but he was always listening to their phone calls, mm-hmm. and he was always at windows and stuff. Yeah, he, he had, had his, he had the trailer. his special yeah, box yeah. that he had to bury he had in bury, the woods and, and shit. Like burn it. Yeah, there's a bunch of stuff. So they just kind of tolerated that. <laughs> yeah, I, I, I don't All think the they knew. Were there. Yeah, the hints were there, but I just I, I think the joke was that no one knew. Yeah, and he gave uh yeah he gave uh Ming was it was it was a uh, no Win Win her name was Win Win yeah. they gave Win Win the idea to poison uh poison her, her husband. husband yeah. yeah. 
Um, yeah, so yeah, yeah. I mean, it was kind of like that. Like everyone just kind of knew, knew, but they didn't say anything. And uh, so uh, everyone knew of Paul. Uh, Paul. Everyone but Paul knew of kind of this nocturnal behaviors. And due to not being desirable by her husband, Marilyn entered into a bit of a depression. Hmm. Oh, poor Marilyn. Poor rich girl. See, that's rich girl problems right there. <laughs> my husband's a child molester. My children are being beaten and molested by him. But my husband no longer wants to fuck me. I'm going to be sad and feel feel sad for Maybe myself. Maybe because you're not 16. <laughs> Maybe you're not a 12-year-old. Have you <laughs> yeah. ever thought about that? <laughs> Maybe those bitches are stealing your husband's attention. So ever since her affair with the unnamed suitor, because no one ever mentioned the guy's name, I don't even think anyone, even Paul knew the guy's name. Uh, oh, the, yeah, yeah. His the, own father. Yeah, well, he doesn't know until later oh, that, okay. that it's his daddy. So ever since her affair with the unnamed suitor, the two hadn't shared a single intimate moment and life was just going through the motions. So yeah. they weren't fucking anymore. So a typical marriage. Yeah, it's a typical marriage, but they were well in the place they were fucking before the the uh the, the, the affair. The affair. Yeah. But afterwards Kenneth just lost all interest and I think that's when he picked up the habit of molesting. Yeah, I have a feeling he was uh interested in that stuff before Well, him, I mean, <laughs> you always are. Like yeah. it's not something you just like magically develop is like oh now i like to rape little girls it's, like, yeah. it's something you always have in you but you need that one thing to give you permission to follow through with it oh i see so it seems like he used the the event of essentially the breakup of their marriage while staying together for uh appearances as the cat- catalyst he needed to start touching little girls, yeah. including his daughter, which was just happened to be the closest one to him. Yeah. I don't think he was into the whole family thing. I think she just happened to be there. Yeah. Unfortunately for Unfortunately her. Unfortunately for her. Which just sounds like we don't give a shit, but we, we, we do. We, we feel bad, but you know, it sucks to be her. <laughs> it's kind of like that whole glad it glad, glad it's not me kind of attitude. Yeah, you kind of have to develop yeah, that doing you, a podcast yeah, like this. Yeah, you do have to get the thick skin. Your skin might be a little too thick now because you're just like dead, what? dead panning, no emotion. I'm not even going <laughs> to crack a joke. Oh, uh, the little girl got raped. Hey man, the fucking jokes like that you've been, the fucking me. jokes that you've been sharing with me the last couple of days. Yeah, yeah. People and don't you think have been about proud it. of me for laughing I at these people don't super think about dark it, jokes. But you can make child molestation funny. <laughs> you can. I'm not going to you know, spoilers for other projects person. I'm working on. <laughs> yeah. But it takes a very special mind to be able to make a joke that makes somebody who says, I will never laugh at that joke. You, you told me for how many years now that you would never laugh at one of those jokes? And then I cracked one yesterday. It was and an you original smiled, joke. And you smiled. And so I hate myself it counts, for it. Yes, and you're a piece of shit. Welcome to the club. <laughs> uh, yeah, so let's get back to uh, the the rapey, rapey, rapey Kenny. Let's just call him rapey, rapey Kenny. Kenny. Rapey uh, Creeper so, yeah, Kenny. Ever since the whole you know affair, they were just going through the motions. It must be said that it was around the time of the affairs that Kenneth began abusing young women and doing his creep show shit. Yeah. Yeah. Which I, I know I already said that, but I liked the way I put it in, in, in the script. So I had, to, <laughs> I had to say that so I could get that you whole creep show thing. I do. Pat me on the head. There we go. <laughs> so due to her depression, Marilyn put on more and more weight and in Paul's words, became grotesquely obese. I've seen pictures of Marilyn. Yeah. She's not obese in what we would consider obese today. Not, not these no. days. She's just a little chubby. Just yeah. a little muffin top. Not really all that obese. Kind of like what happened to, uh, I don't know, some of those rich 
hot singers who have the baby and then like a week yeah. later they lose it all. Like she looked like what they did during that week before they got liposuction. <laughs> yeah. Like middle-aged woman chub, but not like fat. Like damn. Yeah. Like I'd still fuck her. <laughs> yeah, I'd still fuck her. <laughs> So there were signs of a se- severe depression growing within Marilyn, though. Yeah. Marilyn stopped taking care of the home and the children and withdrew into her own world in the basement of the house, which I almost expected Paul Bernardo to claim that yeah, as really. his own little world. Because that's serial Do killer shit own, right yeah, there. Oh, yeah. So th- I don't know what she was doing down there. She wasn't the type to sit down and sew. She wasn't crocheting. She wasn't painting. She wasn't... Doing what you do with your cutting shit out of newspapers and gluing them together. What, what is Wait, that makes do? it sound like I'm a I'm a kidnapper or something. Like I'm I'm doing ransom notes or shit. It's <laughs> I mean, collage. It's called collage. Okay, I think it's called a ransom note. <laughs> I'm not cutting out yeah, letters. Yeah, she, she's not and collaging shit. and like doing scrapbooking or like or murdering dates. Like Jeffrey Dahmer was doing yeah, in the basement of his yeah. grandmother's house. It's not very clear what she was doing and what her own little world was, yeah. but it was not collaging. <laughs> uh, but scrapbooking it, it was honestly it was the children that truly suffered from all of this because yeah. they lived in a dirty house and not dirty like like i i grew up with a house with like a leaning tower of dishes that had like maggots growing on it yeah uh it wasn't like that it was more just like oh it's a little dusty and we don't have a maid <laughs> kind of yeah. dirty, like rich people dirty <laughs> they the kind of rich people dirty that lost their children <laughs> yeah the special kind yes the special kind the unique kind uh, but, yeah, the kids really suffered. And for a while, it looked as though Paul might have escaped the unhappiness that the older uh, children had experienced. Yeah. Because he was kind of like a happy kid. He uh, he was treated relatively well by Kenneth compared to the other two. I don't know if it's because he liked Paul. Because, honestly, like, Paul was the most like him than his actual kids. <laughs> and the fact that he goes on to become a rapist and killer. Yeah. Yeah. He's, he, yeah. So it's, it's like it's like he inherited. He was his spiritual son. Yeah, even he wasn't yeah, his yeah. actual genetic son. Yeah. But again, it might have also <laughs> been like that's someone else's kid. I can't hit them like I can hit my own. Oh my god. It might yeah. be a mix of the two, but yeah. it, was, it seemed like he was escaping the depression of his parents and escaping the abuse and all that shit suffered from by his older siblings. And by all accounts, Paul was described as a happy little boy who smiled quite a lot, just always smiling. Hmm. Which just That's proves suspicious. that he's a fuck. Yeah, it's suspicious as shit. <laughs> Anybody who shows their teeth that much on a consistent basis is a fucking psychopath. <laughs> I'm just saying. Proven. I don't, I don't trust them. Paul was so cute with his dimpled good looks. And I have to say, Paul, uh, Bernardo, and Carla Homolka, good looking. Yeah. They're actually good looking. It's fucking weird. I know it's Sarah Claire's almost never good looking, but these two were actually pretty good looking. Hmm. Uh, yeah, so he was a good-looking kid. He had a sweet smile that many of the mothers in the neighborhood just wanted to pinch his itty-bitty little witty cheeks whenever they saw him. You probably would have pinched his cheeks, too, because what do we all know about middle-aged spinsters? <laughs> Babies are crack for them. They're your crack. <laughs> do, you, do you deny that? Do you know that I have never held an infant in my, in my arms? I've never are picked infants one up. babies? Babies. I've never picked up a baby. How many opportunities have you had to pick up a baby? Hey, man, I've had them shoved in my face, and I'm like, no. Yeah, but were you middle-aged at that point, or were you no, just a confirmed I was spinster? Confirmed spinster. Yeah, you weren't middle-aged. <laughs> See, you got to be no, a middle-aged I, I think I was spinster. in my 30s. Damn, that's, that's, how, that's how the spinster title started for you? That's how early it was? 30? 
Yeah, it started when I was in when I was forever actually. Like college, like wait, I wait, even wait. before college. Like, I've never been interested in kids at all. Really? Really? So then, what's the point of sex in your life then? <laughs> Are you one of those weirdos? It's like sex is free and it's all about pleasure, and there's no there's no product that comes from sex ever. <laughs> I, I never said that. I'm just saying. I'm just asking. You know, I'm trying to fill in the lines here. Get get between the lines a little bit. Get get right between your peanut butter and your jam. Yeah, I was celibate for a long time. So. Celibate a pussy? What? <laughs> <laughs> I was celibate too, but I sold a, I I sold a I lot know. of pussy. Yeah, exactly. I'm not saying <laughs> celibate. It's a, what? a C, motherfucker. C, uh, it's C by itself is that sound. All right, we've already established that. Yeah, that's right. Trying to pronounce Polish yes. names. Fuck Polish names. <laughs> all right, so um, Paul Bernardo, right, was essentially the perfect child that everybody in the neighborhood wanted. He was well-mannered, he did well in school, and was handsome, especially in his little Boy Scout uniform. Oh, my God. Yes, he was a Boy Scout. Now, I will say this. There is no indication that he was ever molested as a Boy Scout. Yeah. However, given what we know about what he becomes and the fact that he was involved in the Boy Scouts until like his late teens, he might have molested a few Boy Scouts. He himself might have or might have been molested? Might have molested. But that's just pure speculation based upon what he becomes in okay. life. Because it doesn't come yeah. out of nowhere. It doesn't come out of nowhere. Well, well he, Especially what he does literally does not come out of nowhere. But uh, it would not be surprised if he was at, at least a little interested in the Boy Scouts he was yeah. watching. But yeah, yeah, no. And not saying all Boy Scouts were molested or molestees. I will just say that the stigma may ring a little too true in some states so as paul bernardo grew up he became more and more involved in scouting he worked summers as a counselor and he quickly became popular with some of the young children which to me the paper said that that reading between the lines he might have been a little too touchy feely with some of the kids yeah could have been that that's what i'm thinking because why else would he say that he was popular with the young kids I don't know. Maybe I'm a little jaded. Sometimes not everything is dark. Yeah, I, I know, sometimes may, may, I may be jaded. You know, I, I I've been told that I'm a bit. What, what's the word? I think it begins with a C. I don't know why I'm not a cunt. I, I am a cunt. No, uh, you've also been called a Tory. I have been. <laughs> wow. You, you, okay. You, this is the episode you want to bring that up. On. All right. We, we will go there, motherfucker. That was another hey, Mel. Yes. Yes. I've been called a Tory on the internet. <laughs> and I don't even know what it was on, but like I made a comment on YouTube. Someone called me a Tory. And then they wanted me to prove that I was an American citizen. Like they legitimately didn't. <laughs> you sound like a British cunt. <laughs> yeah. I, I, I don't know what it was, what the video was even on, but like. I guess my opinion was just so far out there to this one person who like did not believe that any American alive could say whatever I said. Or maybe because you were being particularly articulate, and they're like, "Yeah, Americans aren't that articulate." Yeah, I guess my vocabulary you hadn't been was reduced to screeching. Was my my vocabulary was giving me away there? <laughs> but yeah, yeah, no, it was the first time I got called a Tory. And I've been called a Tory since. Have I have you really? yeah, several several occasions, and <laughs> I guess that's me now. I guess I'm Elijah you Tory, have, motherfucking you new. You found your new identity. Yes, and <laughs> those of you who don't know what a Tory is, look it up. <laughs> You'll laugh your balls off. It's fucking hilarious. Uh, but yeah, no, no, I'm I'm reading between the lines. Um, uh, I don't know, maybe it begins with that. I can't remember the word. I, um, it's there. It's on the tip of my tongue. Like your mom's pussy. 
Ah, uh, yeah, I'm talking about you, Mel, and your mom's pussy. <laughs> right down the tip of my tongue. Uh, yeah, I said it right down oh there. Oh, my God. Like some LSD. Need <laughs> some more tea. Yeah, you, you enjoy that tea. <laughs> um, but, yeah, yeah, no, he worked as a, summer says a counselor. I might be dark. I might be cynical. That's the word. Cynical. I might be a bit cynical when they say that he was he was very popular with the little kids. Yeah. Um, you know, and the kids loved him, and he seemed to find a way to enjoy them, too. Just the way you phrase that, It though. just keeps going. I, maybe it's my cynicism come to life on paper, man. It's your dark, dark, dark humor. <sighs> maybe, but it's like a black pit sometimes, man. <laughs> you just fall and you'll never get out. Yes. It's just all cynicism. <laughs> yeah. Uh, what cynicism? Isn't that? Yeah, that begins with a C. I don't know why I said S. Yeah, C. C. It's, see, my vocabulary. I must be a Tory. <laughs> <laughs> uh, it wasn't only the boys that spent a lot of time with them, however. Teenaged girls just simply adored Paul Bernardo. Okay. You had angelic good looks and a shy, pleasing demeanor. Mm. Mm, and all the girls said that he He's pleased. not the first killer with that either. No, he's not. But usually, I don't. I think the people that they were interviewing about, these, those serial killers were smoking crack. <laughs> some of them are like, have you seen like Jeffrey Dahmer? He, for, for a gay man in like the 80s and the 90s and yeah. shit, not bad looking. But it's not, that doesn't mean that he's good looking. It's all relative. Yeah. They, they, someone must have smoked. I mean, they were in a black neighborhood interviewing black people. So it might have just been some guy smoking crack saying, oh, yeah, Jeffrey Dahmer. He was good looking. Oh, yeah. Yeah. yeah well, I was not. thinking about the uh, the Taco Bell killer that you said was uh, that he was yeah. very no, no, see, pleasant he, to be around. Yeah, the, the ladies loved him. The, the, yeah, but he was also raping them. So I feel like the ladies loved him as in that's what he said and not what the <laughs> ladies said given what he did to the ladies and but as again it was another one where they said yeah he was he was good looking I'm like dude he's like a black milk dud like like i don't know if you guys remember it's always sunny in philadelphia and i can i can't remember the actor's name he's a great actor i think he might actually be a comedian i've seen him in a bunch of shit but I, i'm terrible with people's names but it's the episode where they convinced sweet d that she was going to become famous comedian and they had that guy who was <laughs> landslide yeah, right yeah imagine if landslide lost like 100 pounds and was like a foot <laughs> shorter that's what that motherfucker looked like and they're like he was good looking i'm like dude it's a milk dud <laughs> literally a milk dud spray paint him light brown and he looks like one of those fucking chicken nuggets from the mcdonald's commercials <laughs> you know like the ones that like the talking chicken men like mcnuggets and stuff <laughs> oh no no you want to remind me oh of? my god what was it was it gromis the uh the the, Gr the, the grimace. grimace yeah the grimace from the, the purple dude from mcdonald's is what he looked oh like oh my god and they're like he was good looking you motherfuckers are smoking crap <laughs> god damn that was an angry that was the angriest hot cocoa sip i ever had man <laughs> stop sit, stop telling people they're good looking when they're not stop lying to them. just don't do it i'm fugly as shit don't say i'm good looking i know i'm not fuck you for lying to my face <laughs> but let's get back to the good looking people like paul bernardo so the girls who dated him in high school considered paul bernardo to be a thoughtful and considerate and dare i say selfless lover they're pretty much saying that he was good and he liked to eat pussy. Oh he was very selfless. <laughs> so he, he seemed to know what he was doing down under, Mel. I come from a land down under. Something, something, rolling thunder. Can you, can you hear that? 
Uh, maybe I fucked up. I was like, can you can you hear that thunder? Whatever. It's a good song. To listen to. I, I don't know. It's like Toto or some shit. <laughs> uh, so in life, Paul Bernardo was not out to make something of himself. He wasn't. He didn't. He didn't want to be anything particularly special <laughs> in life. He was intelligent, worked hard in school, and held a series of responsible after-school jobs. Paul Bernardo had a head for figures and the makings of a good future businessman. But that's not what he wanted. So where did it all go wrong? Uh, when he was 16, in fact. Things changed when he turned 16, Mel. <laughs> As they do for so many As of us. they do, yes. Yeah. Si- 16 is that, that deciding point in your life where it's like you're, you've progressed through puberty enough where you know whether or not you're going to be good looking for the rest of your life. Really? Oh, yeah. Oh, mm. yeah. If you're ugly at 16, you're going to be ugly forever. <laughs> Confirmed fact. And if you're not <laughs> ugly afterwards, either you got really fucking lucky or you got surgery. <laughs> but 16, especially for chicks, 16 is when you know, okay, my tits going to be big and I'm going to be ugly or I'm going to be good looking. That's it. Boom. That That's the cutoff line. Okay. So I understand when like Matthew McConaughey said, you know what the best thing about high school chicks is, Mel? I've heard you say this before. As I get older, they stay the same age. Oh, yeah, buddy. So maybe he had a point when he was saying he would fuck 16-year-olds, you know? Yeah. Or at least start them young. Start grooming them when they're 16. I don't Ugh. know. It's not my niche. It's not my yeah. thing. Get Add another two onto that, and I'm okay. <laughs> Is there really a difference, though, Mel? 18 and 16? Legally, yes. They both suck the same. <laughs> Uh, no, they don't. I would have nothing for comparison on that on that note. Anyways, back to Paul Bernardo, the, the real monster in ID Eli. So one day, he had gotten into an argument with Marilyn, and in the heat of the moment, she dropped the spaghetti out of her pocket about who his father really was. Ooh. So he didn't know till he was 16? Oh, yeah. I oh, mean, wow. I, didn't, I didn't know until I was 16. I mean, I had an idea that my bio mom was a bit of a whore, but... I didn't have any confirmation until I was 16 that the guy that I thought was my dad might not necessarily be daddy. Oh. But, I mean, you kind of have to expect that when he's listed as her boyfriend on your birth certificate because she's (laughs) married to another man. (laughs) You know what I mean? So like I didn't really That's a pretty big clue. Yeah, like so like I, I had that clue. I knew of that clue, but for some reason it still kind of stung a little bit when she said so. Fucking <laughs> laughing. Ah, you're a piece of shit too. See, you're, you're proving it right there. I know. I'm yes, sorry. laugh at my pain now. Laugh at my pain. And to this day, hey, I still man. don't know who the sperm donor was. <laughs> But my options are a uh, a guy who liked to wear prom dresses, get drunk underneath like bridges Sleep and pass bridges. out, and a mentally retarded man with no job. Those were my choices, Mel. Those were my choices. And I also had to walk uphill both ways barefoot in the snow but to get to school. But you're a white man. You're so fucking privileged. Uh, hey, man. We, you I don't, are I don't so wanna, privileged. Wa- Fuck you and your male privilege. I don't want to pull my white privilege card out on this one, okay? <laughs> I, I want to keep that. I got one more whole punch left. You know, yes, you, you too. You, you better you, hold on to that You sucker. get 10 punches before you have to get a new card, and that's a whole hassle, so I want to save my last paperwork, punch. Though. And it's the paperwork, man. See, that's, that's, what they, that's what black people don't understand. It's white people love paperwork. 
I might be black because I fucking hate paperwork. <laughs> Don't ask me to sign my name on the shit. Hell, if I get a contract right now, some company's like, I want to give you a $10 million contract. They're going to be hard pressed to get my name on that fucking piece of paper because I just don't like signing shit. Yes, I've seen you. That shit will sit on the kitchen table for like six weeks and is like, you could have like $10 million if you just fucking sign that. And like, hey, I'll do it later. Yeah, I'm I'll playing just, Skyrim. I'll just like procrastinate that shit. <laughs> I just don't like signing my name on that shit. I'm, like, even at work, like when we worked for uh, that, that one company, man. And they were like the supervisor come like I need you to sign off on this. I'm like I don't fucking want to sign no, shit. You don't. <laughs> no, no, you don't. Go to someone else. I'm not here. Like Swayze, I'm a ghost, motherfucker. <laughs> I don't exist. This is not the employee you are looking for. <laughs> someone else is accountable because yeah. sure shit is yeah, me. I didn't put my name on that shit. <laughs> so yeah, uh, yeah, I was 16. The guy in our argument, mom decided to pull out a photo of the man that she kept all these years. For literally the specific moment. It so sounds she, like you kept it right in her pocket every single day, waiting yeah, for that just right just moment. Yeah, for Uno him to reverse. be an asshole yeah, to her. Yeah, so she pulled like, that yeah, Uno well, reverse card real quick. <laughs> Ch- change that attitude real quick. Uh, the effect the truth had on Paul was exactly what his mother wanted. Oh, it completely geez. devastated him. He was destroyed. It kind of reminds me a lot of uh, Ted Bundy, because Ted Bundy was, was a bit of a bastard. Oh yeah. yeah, that story, you and know, that, that, and that really affected him with oh, uh, yeah. not knowing that his daddy wasn't his daddy. And his yeah, and his mother didn't want him when he was born. Yeah, right. yeah, something like that. Yeah, yeah. So uh, hey, look, two bastards who grew up later to become bastards. <laughs> yeah, uh, I love that word, bastard. Yeah, bastard. <laughs> <laughs> but essentially, that's what she said. She's like, "You a bastard," and just yeah. completely destroyed the kid. His whole world was cherry pies up until that moment, and uh, yeah, and after that, it completely changed his opinions of and attitudes towards women. Surprise, surprise. This guy who was selflessly going down on all of his girlfriends and treating them right and, you know, being a selfless lover started to get a little sour. Not raping and murdering any women. Uh, Went a little sour after this one particular moment. And they say your mother doesn't affect how you treat women. (laughs) Oh, my goodness. Yeah, man. It's kind of old. Yeah, it's a little dark. I see a little bit of myself in this moment. I don't know why. Uh, yeah, so uh, yeah, so he he uh, he changed his attitudes towards women, starting with his mother, because he started picking up Kenneth's habits and attitudes towards women. Wait, were they going like father and son going to creep on on like girls? I would like to think they were windows. Oh, Jesus! I would like to think they were because I believe in father son bonding, and and no matter whatever shape that takes, you have to bond with your father. See, bonding with the guy who I decided was my father took the shape of us sitting on his bed eating crackers and canned chili while watching horror movies in black and white on his little, like, foreman television. Yeah. And farting. Because <laughs> he was retarded and that's all he knew how to do. Get a job? Fuck no, he didn't, have, he didn't need a job. He had the government. <laughs> So you know, hey, do just do what it takes, even if it means you gotta creep in on the little girls when oh, they change it. Man. <laughs> I just gotta get that male bonding time. <laughs> That's a little dark. It is it? very dark. Uh yeah, so Paul would openly mock his mother for her weight gain and would take every opportunity he could to call her a whore. Oh my goodness. That sounds familiar. Yeah. I mean, how many times did I call my mom a whore in this in this uh in this episode? <laughs> Probably subconsciously like twelve times. Yeah. 
Uh, considering his mother's infidelity and his father's sexual perversions, it's not surprising that Paul began to hate both of his parents. Yeah, that's understandable. Yeah. And it was around now that Paul began to hang out with some neighborhood boys who had a negative impact on worsening his behavior. Oh, goodness. Oh, yeah. It's always the kids from the other side of the track, isn't it? Yeah. Uh, so these kids were tough, swaggering, macho types and petty thieves. They got they got themselves into some petty theft. Paul's attitudes towards women grew from contempt to that of treating them like meat. Ugh. So he went from being sour towards them to be like, no, you're just straight up fuckable meat. Yeah. Which is something I've called women before. And for some reason, none of them seem to appreciate that. Yeah. I don't know why. I mean, it's true. In a survival situation, I would fuck you, and then I would probably eat you if there's not enough food. And there's not really anything you can do to stop me because I'm bigger and stronger than you. And if you look like a hamburger, then you're a fucking hamburger. It's not my fault you don't have the upper body strength to stop me. Jesus. It's another that. useless Eli rant that might be funny but had no point. <laughs> so in the early 1980s, Paul Bernardo and a friend was recruited into Amway. Oh, holy shit, You really? know about Amway, that fucking triangle the fucking pyramid, pyramid scheme. scheme. Yeah. So Paul used the Amway techniques that he had learned in many facets of his life. Oh, no. Not only just in sales and business, but also in personal relationships. <laughs> yeah, this man had Wolf wait, of wait. Wall Street written now, all over his but face. Now I'm picturing him on a date trying to sell a chick a timeshare. Honestly, honestly. <laughs> but... I, I will say this. I, I never thought that Amway would make a comeback in my life in the way that it has. <laughs> yeah. This is amazing. Yeah. And just really, and the fact that he like developed his entire life like based around the the his like training with them. It's just fucking uh, it just shows that he's a sociopath with no real like personality of his own. <laughs> oh my god. Uh, Paul bought as many books and tapes of famous motivational get rich and famous experts as he could. Really? Yeah, yeah. Although Paul didn't make much money from the Am from Amway, the philosophy that he embraced from it and other motivational speakers justified his own crude and selfish longings. Mm, yeah. Makes oh, sense. Oh yeah. Wolf of Wall Street right here, motherfucker. Yeah. Uh, I forgot that guy's name, but it doesn't even matter. <laughs> they got a book. They got a movie. He's, he's the rich. six-hour-long movie. Yeah, yeah. And, but that six-hour-long movie was good. There was a lot of titties in it. <laughs> a lot of titties, and I, pre and I, I, I approve. <laughs> I approve of the titties, and I think there was like a nun-masturbation joke in there. I was into that. Yeah, it was like a nun-lesbian masturbation joke. Whatever. It was done brilliantly. I loved it. Uh, then Paul did the most dangerous thing he could, and that was apply the stylistics of evangelist Jim Baker, uh, which Paul emulated perfectly. Oh my! So he goodness. became a little bit of a of a wow. baker himself, a mini baker. Yee. Yeah, he's just picking all the best people to emulate. Oh my isn't gosh, he? Seriously. Um, Paul put these techniques to use as he and his friends cruised the bars. Oh, my God. Yes. Every night they spun fantastic stories about who they were to any pretty girl that was naive enough to believe their lies. It paid off as many willing girls spread their legs for Paul. 
He was blowing through town, Mel. Oh, my Woo! God. Honestly, though, that's kind of like my life. I walk down the street, and it's just the V formation. The, the V formation. The V formation, the V salute towards me, man. Yeah. And I'm not even good looking. Yeah, dude walking around in his fucking, like, pajama bottoms and a sweatshirt. Yeah, you, you were fucking mad about hair that. All, yeah, and hair all. Fucking chicks, like carrying, college like, chicks, Dunkin Donuts. leaning out of the windows, just, like, whistling at him. I'm like, yeah. what the fuck? Yeah. <laughs> but, hey, maybe it's because I was carrying a box of donuts. We were coming from Dunkin' Donuts. <laughs> That's true. <laughs> it, might, it might have been more the donuts than me. Our breakfast migration, like every yes. six months. Yeah, every six months we go to Dunkin' Donuts. <laughs> it's only like three blocks away, but we go like twice a year. Just yeah, to get the a last box time of donuts. It was fucking yeah, cold, it was cold. Man. And we're not doing that again until the warm season, man. <laughs> yeah, fuck man, that. Fuck that. <laughs> fuck that. Uh, so by the time Paul went to college at the University of Toronto, his sexual fantasies fantasies had developed a bit of a crust. They were becoming. Ooh. They were uh, becoming more solidifying. Yeah, yeah they, they were taking shape, taking form, Mel, uh, and uh, they were obviously very crusty. <laughs> they were crusty, or what Bubbles would say, greasy. <laughs> Fucking love Trailer Park Boys. <laughs> yes. And, all right, let's get back to the shit bird, huh? <laughs> the shit birds with the shit storms on the shit now. <laughs> okay, Mr. Leahy. In the world of shit. Hey, 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 I let the liquor do the thinking for me, okay? I trust in the liquor. I follow the liquor. So, Paul discovered that he liked forceful anal sex. Oh, my God. As we all do, because that's about the only way we're going to get it. Uh, you know, I mean, you've never pulled the whoops, it slipped in, right? Wrong hole, accidentally knocking on the wrong hole. I don't have a dick, so I wouldn't have the opportunity oh to God. do that. Has it ever happened to you? I mean, that's what I was implying without actually having to fucking ask it, you weirdo. Hey, man, I'm basically autistic. You guys Did you ever think that on this podcast we would be talking about forceful anal sex and our experiences it's you. with it? You talk about forceful anal sex over breakfast every day. But we don't eat breakfast. <laughs> On the occasions that we do, that's what I yeah, have to look I was forward supposed to, say, to. I had macaroni salad this morning. Okay, that's not <laughs> breakfast. Did. That's With macaroni extra salad. Extra salt and pepper and paprika. Can't just dish it out of the container. It's no. got to be special. Yeah, it's got to be special. <laughs> I, I like paprika on it, man. What can I say? I'm a, I'm a man of culture. <laughs> I like to talk about anal sex while I eat my macaroni cheese at like 8 o'clock in the morning, okay? <laughs> uh, so uh, yeah, he he discovered he liked the, a little bit of the forceful stuff, especially anal sex, which honestly I can't really get behind, and I, so to speak. Uh, yeah, so to speak. But it's not that I'm not a fan of it. I just don't like getting shit on my dick. Okay. It's just it's just, and then you got to touch it, it afterwards. Sensible. Yeah, it's it's gross. It's just not even worth it. And uh, he practiced plenty on many of the naive girls willing to go with him at the bars. Oof. So he was doing a bit of a thingy there. A yeah. bit of a dick thingy. He's a bit of a dick, Mel. He was an asshole. <laughs> Keep it up. <laughs> this wasn't supposed to be a funny I, I episode. I had another one. It was like, you might change his name to Paul Anal Bernardo. Oh my God. Uh, so Paul Bernardo began targeting submissive women, and more submissive they were, the better. Mm. At first, yeah, yeah, because well, the whole the whole idea is that you want women who are submissive, because then they'll be more easily swayed into the things you want to do in the bedroom. But the problem is they become too willing, and then it doesn't quite match the fantasy. So then you start right. looking for the more harder stuff and then eventually it just leads you down to the door where it's a straight up rape yeah not that i am an expert on any of this 
at all and have no idea what I'm talking about. I don't. I, I love how like I, I make these references and these comments, and then people are just probably going to start over time thinking that I'm like a serial killer or a rapist or whatever. You know, <laughs> I, I, I and you're doing it to yourself, I, and I am. <laughs> and like the more I say it, I'm like these jokes are too dark. People are going to take me seriously. <laughs> I am not a murderer. I am not a rapist. In no way, shape, or form have I ever broken the law. No, I'm not a crook. <laughs> Yeah, <laughs> I am not a crook. <laughs> that's my that's my best Nixon. Yes. I am not a crook. <laughs> a rook. <laughs> yeah, a rook. Fucking future. That's actually how he laughed though. A rook. <laughs> but, okay, let's get back to the anal rape. Okay. Yes. The, the serious topic. What what everyone came here for, <laughs> and what they keep coming for, Mel. <laughs> <laughs> so uh yeah so he was into the submissive women at first uh then paul developed a bit of a temper and enjoyed humiliating women publicly especially those that he had forced himself on top of already Damn. so yeah a bit of a bastard yeah when he was running out of women who didn't already get the bernardo experience oh, he would begin to trick some of them back to his place and would end up beating them when they wouldn't let him fuck them in the ass oh my god this is how i wrote my script mel i feel like a piece of shit <laughs> uh then he began to beat up the women that he was dating so he oh was dating goodness. chicks and he would just beat the shit out of them then Paul Bernardo learned about the wonders of smuggling stolen and illegal goods across the Canadian-American border. Oh, nice. Yes. And Paul and his friend Van Schmierness, which cannot be a real fucking name, uh, started to traffic in stolen goods such as cigarettes while Paul was still in college. Oh, my goodness. So that's how he made his money. Yeah. Paul's appetites for toys, clothes, and money could be supported, couldn't be supported by any normal job. Yeah. Sounds familiar, right? <laughs> Paul was always looking for the ultimate scam that would pay enormous sums of money. Honestly, this right now is sounding like Trailer Park Boys. Oh, yeah. It's like, it's like Ricky, Julian, and Bubbles. They just <laughs> get that one score and they'll be settled for life. What do <laughs> yes. they call it? Like Freedom 41? <laughs> yeah, this is his Freedom 41 moment, Mel. And I think there was an actual episode where they were trading weed for cigarettes across <laughs> yeah. the U.S. border with yeah. a little toy train. Holy shit! Maybe that's maybe that's what Paul Bernardo was doing. He had a little <laughs> little toy train doing that for him. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah. So he's always looking for the ultimate scam that pay large sums of money. Because why wouldn't you? Yeah. Fuck that whole basic. You know, get a two hundred dollars a week from your employer. You know, bullshit. <laughs> After taxes. So when Paul graduated from college, he got a job as a junior accountant at Price Warehouse. His. Uh, his girlfriends around this time were starting to get sick of Paul tying them up and beating them and were usually really ready to dump him. <laughs> I can imagine if they weren't into that, yeah. Yes. And then in October of 1987, Paul Bernardo meets his dream girl, Mel. Oh, goodness. Who's his dream girl? What is her name? Homolka? Carla Homolka. Uh, she's a pretty blonde, very pretty blonde, by the name of Carla Homolka. And to his surprise, he would later find that she was just like him. Oh, my goodness. Except that made she had a pair of tits and a vagina. Ah. And I think on that note, that's where I'm going to leave this episode. We'll pick up next episode when we discuss how their relationship work 
worked and uh, eventually into All the crimes. All the shenanigans they got into. All the white people shenanigans. White people shenanigans. That's right. Yes. <laughs> uh, the white people shenanigans. But yeah, you know, I mean, it's pretty. It's a pretty fucked up, pretty dark story. Yeah. It's got a. Give some good insight into it. His, it does give some good character. insight, especially to him. I kind of wish they went more into Carla, but you'll see as the story progresses how. And well, why the media didn't really talk about her as much. Yeah. Um, it's a mix of because she wasn't being considered like the the main the face. Leader. Yeah. Like, she wasn't the main face of his case per se. And because there was a lot of like legal lawsuits that were stopping people from talking about Oh, about her, about her specifically. Yeah. Because oh. apparently in Canada, there's a thing where you can sue the media and I uh, get like a uh, get an order from the court where the media and people can't report on your case. That's weird. Yeah, it's like information blackout. I don't think huh. we can do that in America. No, I don't think so. But like in Canada at this time, you can do that. Yeah, the media so, here just censors themselves. Yeah, yeah. They save they much. save everyone the trouble. Yeah, they do. But uh, yeah, that, that's about we got. That's about all we got. I thought it was very interesting. Uh, you know, I had a lot more dark jokes, but it would have taken us down a darker <laughs> path. And I'm sure they think, will come out eventually. I don't think any of us are, are quite at that. You know, that emotional maturity in our relationship with our viewers, where they could listen to funny rape jokes and <laughs> not be absolutely offended. Yeah, uh, they can be funny. It's just all about context and timing. Yes. And you have to understand the source. Yeah. I feel like if you're going to make a rape joke and you make it funny, you have to be talking about like some sort of personal issue. Mm-hmm. Can't Absolutely. just be some Joe Schmo off the street saying, ha, you know what I like about girls? It's when they stop screaming. <laughs> yeah. See, that's a good joke. Funny if said in the right context. And on that <laughs> note, Mel, do we have any announcements? No, I don't no, think we have any announcements. We're still doing, we're our, doing all, our social you went media through things. All of and, the stuff that you're researching this yeah, morning, and it was a lot. Yeah, there's a lot. I have a lot in the in the tube. Uh, apparently, Puka decided that this is the time now to play with her springs. <laughs> yes. Usually, we lock them up, but we're like, oh, we're winding down. She was sleeping. Hey, she was in my lap. Then, yeah, she was sleeping in your lap this entire time. And now, now she's now, like, the episode's yeah, over. Yeah, she's like, fuck this shit. So, uh, on that note, what's the, you know, make sure you tell all your friends and family about us if you like us. Get yes. them to like us, too. Absolutely. Show support. Share, 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 the share, share, to the, share. To the show. Yes. Uh, so show your support. Hit us up on our email. Hit us up on social media. Yes. Even if you don't use it, just so we know you guys are out there, and so we can get you guys on a like a newsletter list or whatever that we yeah, we can send out weekly updates saying, hey, these are the two episodes that we're working on for the you know next time we're recording. You know, for you to give us feedback, for you to give us suggestions. Yeah, if you have and something we honestly, want us to do a show on, tell us. I, I'm not saying that we're having merch anytime soon, but knowing who's listening and who wants to listen and who's like consistent and how much is consistent will really, you know, push us to wanting to develop things like that. Yeah, absolutely. For the future, for you guys and for us, because yeah. unfortunately we're trying to get this to support us and the show is not cheap and we are <laughs> broke. So and Elijah would, will be yes. doing all the art for our yes, merchandise. Yes, I do all the art for everything because yes, I'm a lazy all motherfucker. the episode art is all Elijah and, and why our would merchandise I, why would will I be hire his art. an actual artist to do it when I can doodle a picture half his, <laughs> you know half is decent myself you know fuck them. <laughs> um but yes you know it keeps us motivated it keeps us wanting to do this yes. and it keeps us from what mel fuck <laughs> don't fuck in don't the woods, fuck in the woods. Yes. <laughs> <All right. laughs> thank you
Those of us at Deliver Us Some Evil want to thank you for listening. All of our episodes are available at Spotify, iTunes, or wherever you find your podcasts. For the latest news, check out our Facebook page at facebook.com slash deliverussomeevil or email us at deliverussomeevilpodcast at gmail.com. And remember, don't fuck in the woods. <laughs>